Hello, everybody. Welcome to this convention prep episode of Beware the Board, a horror podcast where we watch a randomly selected horror movie every week. I'm Bob. I'm Ben. Hey, Ben. Hey, oh. 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 <laughs> oh, my lord. You so, can't do that joke with me. Huh? Never mind. You won't understand. Oh. It's too highbrow for you. Highbrow? You haven't seen the movie. Oh, okay. Was it a highbrow movie like Inception? No. Is that highbrow? I don't no, know. No, it was Beetlejuice. You know I haven't seen Beetlejuice. Exactly. We need to watch that on the podcast because, like, we watch have it friends. without Abby. <laughs> I was going to say, I didn't want to say their names because I didn't want to spoil it. But, yeah, we have friends that are really into that movie. I think she talked about that when we had her on for she did. Cocaine Bear. I don't know if that was on the podcast. Well, we mentioned it. But also, Ashley's really into Beetlejuice. We should have a forecast with Ashley and Abby at some point. When we cast forecast, oh, like the weather. <laughs> I didn't think about that before I said it. I just said it. This is like a I don't know what you would call this. A, well, this is just a, a podcast. <laughs> Not the thing I'm holding. You fuck. You motioned at it. No, I didn't. <laughs> you went. I don't know what this is. Stop doing. Stop referencing things the audience can't see. Anyway, what are we doing today, Ben? <laughs> We're watching Hatchet Three, probably. I hope so. What do you mean, probably? Well, I didn't check if we could find it yet. You should really do that. Like, I feel like that would really save us a lot of trouble in these situations. Like, you having to buy a DVD and nah, hoping it gets it, here before the board's over. It's never gone poorly for us yet. I'm trying to think if it has. A little bit. <laughs> one. Oh. Sometimes it has gone poorly. Yet. No, there was that one time. Never mind. We found I lied. It. Huh? We found it eventually. It All just right. took a while. Uh, you ready? Yeah, sure I'm ready, Ben. Okay. Do you have any news? Well, I was I was thinking about this. We we talked about something before the podcast. Should we mention that? Like, because that's kind of important to us because we do this thing. But it doesn't really affect us yet. It might eventually. That'd be crazy if it affected us at all. No. Don't talk about it. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, okay. So we before this, we were talking about the SAG after strike and the writer's strike. Oh, yeah. You were talking about the SAG after strike. But you were there. I was talking to you. Yeah, but I wasn't talking about it. Okay. Anyway, I just thought maybe we should talk about it because, like, right now it is yet to affect us. Because we review old content. But, you know, if it goes on long enough, we might run out of shit, Ben. Like, honestly. Bob, the likelihood of that happening is so egregiously slim. I know. That it is not worth mentioning. Bob, if we ran out of content before the strike ended, there would just be no more movies coming out. Hollywood would have collapsed. It might now, honestly. It's looking bad. Especially with, like, all the stuff that came out about what some of the uh, CEOs were saying behind closed doors. You know what I'm talking about? No. Uh, basically, first of all, the CEO of Disney was like, the writers and the actors are being ridiculous. Unrealistic demands. First of all, they're not being ridiculous. Second of all, basically it came out that a bunch of uh, Hollywood executives and CEOs and stuff were like, yeah, we're just going to let them run out of money. Like, we're going to let them lose their houses and apartments because they're striking. Like, we're not going to come to a deal with them. Like, ever. We're basically going to let all these people be homeless. Because they don't want to come up with a new contract. Insane to me. Yeah. <sighs> Welcome to the world of striking. Yeah. Anyway. I, I just thought maybe that was some important news. Because that could, like, I mean, I think we'll see the repercussions of the strike after. But as of right now, we don't know what those will be. But there might be some, you know, some changes that come to the industry that'll affect the stuff that we get to watch. Maybe. But probably nothing that affects us. You don't think so? Probably not. I was thinking more indirectly by, like, the types of films that will be produced, you know? That, I... I don't think usually happens. Okay. Because I remember the last time there was a big writer strike, a lot of um, like TV content switched to 
what was it? What is it called? Real, like reality TV, because like they didn't have to have writers and stuff. Yeah, but that's reality TV. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying like we're not gonna have reality movies. <laughs> reality movies. Well, I'm just saying before this... before it got to that point for movies, which is the content we review. Sure. They would just get scabs. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. You know, like, did you see, actually, uh, the more SAG stuff, uh, SAG put out a statement that was like, yeah, if you scab and we find, like, it's all tracked, you know, they'll keep track of it. If you scab for, like, someone or a, a struck company, you're not going to ever be admitted to the union. <laughs> like, yeah, we will never, ever let works. you in. I know, but I'm just saying, like, if people do scab, they're, it's a bad idea. Yeah. I don't know. Unless, unless this goes on long enough and the companies get really pissed off and then they're like, oh, we'll just hire you whenever you want. <laughs> Yeah, because that also know. does happen. I don't know. This is like the first time I've we've seen a bunch of like big unions striking like this, you know, or in my guess, lifetime. But at it least. happens every once in a while. Yeah, I was just curious because like I don't know. It seems like a really big deal, especially for us because of the stuff that we review. It seemed relevant to talk about a little bit. Okay, you good? Anything else to share? No. Okay, I have more important news. Oh, you have news? Yeah. Okay. You know what I discovered existed today? What's that? Okay, so you know how like it, right? Mm-hmm. Has two adaptations. There's the the miniseries, yeah, which is the old one, mm-hmm. and then the movies, which are the new one, right? Yeah. I figured out there's a middle child. Okay. It's called Whoa. I think that's how you pronounce it. W O H. Whoa. Right. Okay. It is a Indian adaptation, like from India. Whoa. <laughs> I didn't mean to do, but that's cool. <laughs> yeah, and it's the TV series. Okay. It's 52 episodes long. Can we watch it? Probably not. Oh. It's from 1998. It's also Indian. So it's in, yeah, Indy. Yeah, but, I mean, there's probably some version out there with subs. Probably not. That sucks, because that seems interesting. I just thought 52 episodes? That's a long-ass, like, series. You can find them. It's just, like... But no do you subtitles. know if it was like ro- well reviewed or anything, or if it like was any good? IMDb gave it a six point seven out of ten. That's not bad. Damn. Look at look at Pennywise. Pennywise. That is actually scary. <laughs> no, it is not. Yes, it, I don't like clowns. Oh well, that's a separate issue. <laughs> what? That's not. A, that's a current issue. That was a clown. Yeah, but it's definitely not a scary clown. That was a scary clown. It's actually a very funky-looking clown. If he has a bald spot on the top of his head. If I woke up in the middle of the night and that clown was sitting in my room, I'd shit a brick. That's because there'd be a clown in your room, which is two issues. A, you're afraid of clowns, and B, a man somehow got inside your house. Well, yeah. Both well, the are man more scary than that specific image. The man is uh, to be expected. Many men live here, okay? So, that like, I wouldn't be that scared if a man yeah, was here. Yeah, but you knew it wouldn't be one of those... No, I wouldn't put it past one of those fucks to come in my room dressed as a clown and mess with me. That would require them dressing as a clown, which I think is too much effort to put into fucking with you when they can do no. something much simpler and get a similar result. Trent would do it. Trent would do it. He would if he couldn't find anything easier to do. No, that's true. Exactly my point. You're right. All right. Uh, we're going to begin reviewing this movie. No, we're not. All right, so Hatchet 3 came out in 2013. <laughs> wow. You ready for the description? Sure. Three years later. Did Victor Crowley survive the last film? <laughs> Pretty sure he did. I think we all know the answer to that. I hope he did. Awesome. Length. An hour and 21 minutes long. Okay. Rated R. Nice. IMDb gave it a 5.6 out of 10. Tomato meter at 57%. Audience score 40%. Awards. One nomination. Uh, notable actors. Zach Galligan as Sheriff Fowler. He's uh, Billy in Gremlins. Caroline the Williams. main character in Gremlins? Okay. Mm-hmm. Sorry to interrupt. I didn't hear you. Yeah. 
Well, you heard me. You just have never seen Gremlins. No, I've seen Gremlins. Oh, have you? I couldn't okay. remember the guy's. I couldn't remember if that was the main character or not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. It was funny. Uh, Caroline Williams as Amanda. Uh, she plays Vanita Stretch Brock in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre oh. Two. I I don't know any Texas Chainsaw stuff. It's a good one. The <sighs> I first know you one's like also it. good, but I also like two. Derek Mears as Hawes played Jason Voorhees in Friday the Thirteenth, two thousand nine. You know, oh, the, um, okay. The remake. Okay. It's a. Uh, it's the one you've seen. It's the only one you've seen. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Okay. The I think that's twelve. Jesus Christ! That was the last. The one. last one came out in two thousand nine. Uh yeah, I believe so. God bless. Are they? They're really tied up with all that creator whatnot, huh? I wish they would just put something out for thirteen. Well, I mean, there's been all that creative uh, nonsense that's been an issue, but then the other part of it is that it is like the thirteenth one. Yeah. And so, you know, it's a big concern of, like, we got to make it good. You have to. It's the 13th one. Well, it's not even just that anymore. Now it's been over 10 years since the last one. It's been a long-ass time. And so they know that, A, we'll get huge numbers, but also the insane amount of, like, commercialism from it being the 13th Friday. Oh, yeah. Basically, they know if they make it good, they will make so So much much money. money. Yeah. So they actually have to try. Riley Vanderbilt as Doherty. Uh, he played. Uh, she played young Victor Crowley in Hatchet and oh. Hatchet Two. Oh, I didn't know. Okay, that's cool. She was married to um, Adam Green at the time. Ah, uh, okay. Place. Yeah, Sean Wallen or Whalen as Randy. I uh, played Roach in The People Under the Stairs. That doesn't sound fun. Jason Trost as Hamilton. Uh, he played a tech in Studio Six Six Six. Oh, oh, the dude. <laughs> okay. Not the bald one. Oh, okay. That's the one I thought of. Or the one that's uh, John Carpenter. Yeah. Neither of those. Just one of the other ones? Okay. Diane Ayala Goldner as Elbert. She played Jane Salvador in Halloween 2. Rob Zombie. Oh. (laughs) There was excitement in the There was. Whenever I list uh, Halloween 2, it's always Halloween 2, 2009. Never Never 1981. Nope. Superior film. Director's B.J. McDonald. Oh, it's a different director. It's a different dude. I don't know how I feel about that. But if it makes you feel any better, he also directed Studio 666. That helps. That does help. That does help. Uh, Writer's Adam Green. Oh, he wrote this, but he just didn't direct. Okay, that's fine. He's also written Digging Up the Marrow in 2014. He directed that one, too. Uh, Budget is $1.169 million. What a weird amount of money. Estimated. Uh, Country Board in the United States. Tagline, some legends never die. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm excited to see a third Hatchet film. I like Victor Crowley. I think he's cool. What are they going to do with... Uh, I guess we'll find out. But what the fuck is this one about? Like, I don't know. I feel like they... There's they... three Hatchets this time. <laughs> he's gained a third one. <laughs> he's gained a third one. No, it's more of a thing of like, I feel like they kind of wrapped up the last story in a bow, and now this is the third one. Yeah, so I mean, we're Victor Crowley died at the end of the last movie. Spoilers. Yeah. So, so he's dead. He's not dead. So what do we do now? Exactly. You know, Let's legends never die. What happens now? <laughs> Benjamin, it's more of a thing of like, are we going to get more Victor Crowley backstory? Is it going to progress his story, or are we just going to see him murderize some people? I'm cool with either. Hopefully both. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to find out. I know. Since if you're worried about like the whole different director thing, so Green like declined to do the this film as director, but he still like wrote, produced, and like retained all creative control. 
including oh. like final cut of the film. That's awesome. Okay. Um, and he handpicked the director. So McDonald like worked on Hatchet 2 as a cameraman. That's actually really cool. Basically, he didn't want to do it. So he got someone else to do it. I'm not sure about the specifics of why. Maybe I'm, he was just busy. He probably was just busy. I know he did that um that Marrow film in 2014, mm-hmm. so he was probably working on that roughly the same time. Yeah. He was on set though, and from what I've heard, this set horrible. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's filmed in Louisiana. Yeah. In the swamp. Mm-hmm. Do the math. <laughs> Apparently, Kane Hodder said it was just the worst. Really? Damn. Because he's in like 30 pounds of like makeup. Yeah, that's fair. He is in, in a swamp lot of shit. During like the summer. And he's already a big guy, man. But like the big thing I heard is a lot of the crew got sick and in trouble just from all the bugs and stuff. Oh, man. Like a bunch of people got DT poisoning. A uh, bunch of like... Bug bites and stuff. That sucks. They have uh, bug spray. I mean, yeah. Did you bug spray? Uh like poison, like stuff. Like poison ivy, poison oak. Yeah, and like poison bugs, stuff like that. Ooh, fucking Just gross. All the worst stuff that's in the swamp. It's almost like filming a movie in a swamp is uh, difficult. a bad idea, and, and that's why there's no good swamp movies. Fuck you, man. It's true. Fuck you. You can admit it. Say it right now. Say it after me. There's no good swamp movies. We've seen except one or two. We've seen uh, we've seen three. Three. Hatchet. Mm-hmm. Hatchet 2. Blackwater. It's more of a mangrove forest. Than a Shut forest. up! <laughs> look, I'm... Look, okay. I may have given you a shitty category this season. I swear to Christ, next this season... season? <laughs> season 2 was good. Season 1 was fine. But season 4... Season 3... Oh my god. Season 5? I think it's 5. 5? <sighs> I can check real quick. I feel old now. I don't know why I just got confused. It's been less than a year, Bob. Season... I know, but we put out a gabillion episodes, It's ben. season 5. Season five's category will be good. I promise. You said that about season four. I thought season four's category was going to be good. All right, uh, we're going to get to the movie now. We'll be back in a little bit. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll see you guys in a minute. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. We just finished watching Hatchet Three. Why are you being a spooky ghost? Uh, that was kind of my woo, but low energy, because it's, it's so late. It's not even that bad, man. It's not even that bad. It's kind of bad. That was bad. <laughs> the audience didn't hear that, but hey. that was bad. <laughs> I'd cut that for sure. Okay. Do you have any comments, or should I just get into the description? I assumed you were just going to roll into the description off that one. Okay. It's not much to know here. No, it's uh, not. It starts off right where the last movie ended, so continuing that trend... I was surprised, to be honest. Yeah, but it's a. I like when movies do that. I mean, it constricts you to like a certain like time period. I mean, straight off the back, the one thing you need to know is this film's back to back to back to back. Like, yeah, this is still Mardi Gras week because um, mm-hmm. it's the what the day after the day after the first movie. <laughs> yeah, which is really so it's weird. Forty eight hours later, if that. Yeah, it's a very very small amount of time, but I don't know, it takes off right where the last movie ended. Mary Beth survived the last movie, and basically she wanders into a police station because she's in shock, and she she essentially goes to get help, and she wanders into the police station, though, covered in blood yeah, with a shotgun, and of course they arrest her because, um, <laughs> of course. What else would a policeman do in that situation? Yeah, no, they, they just arrest her, and then they send people out to the swamp because they're like, well, she told us where she was. She told us there were bodies out there. Yeah. We don't believe her, but whatever. And um, lo and behold, when they get out there, they're like, oh, 
There's like 20, 30, 40 bodies spread everywhere. Like Just all over the swamp. Honey Island Swamp, where this whole thing has been set, where the, all three movies are set, is a relatively small island. But in the first and second second movie alone, there's like what? A lot of people die. Probably close to 20 bodies yeah. in total. I mean, there's all the hunters and people in the second movie. And then there's the whole boat tour people from yeah. the first movie. It's a good amount. On top of the cold open kills. Yeah, and they don't, like, the two cops that get out there are like, there's a bunch of bodies. We don't know where they are. They're just scattered. Because, like, right when they come on the beach, there's a couple. Yeah. I think it's very specifically Cletus and Chad from the <laughs> yeah. last movie. Because they were out there gator hunting. Which is nice, because we do get to see, like, a lots of bodies from the f- last film. Mm-hmm. We don't really see any from the first movie. But it was yeah. cool to see, like references to the last movie that does make sense because that one was only three years ago and not Ooh, seven yeah anyways the guys out there are like they phone it back into the station and then they call paramedics so i think it's like 12 men come out to do paramedic stuff to like find the bodies bring them back do they have like a paramedic a, boat yeah it's a it's a boat ambulance essentially and that's what they're doing during the day so it's fine victor Kylie hasn't respawned yet he has respawn rules uh, he has he a respawn timer he only fact. respawns at night Mm-hmm. Um, lo and behold, nighttime comes around, and he responds, and he starts murdering. Again. And um, the paramedics manage to call in, like, a send help signal, an SOS. And then so a police squad and a SWAT team go into the, the swamp, and it, it goes how you expect. Victor Carly does some murders. Yeah. Yep. Um, that's all I'm going to say right now. We, we might talk about the ending later in this review. Yeah. There's a funny joke. There's a really good bit. Let's just say that there's a bit from the first two movies that continues in this movie, and I definitely appreciated it a lot. It was so funny. Yeah. It's also a good cameo. Yeah. It's a good one. It's a good one. I'm just going to tell you what it is. It's the belt sander. <laughs> well, the belt sander and, and the six-foot-long chainsaw. And the six-foot-long chainsaw. That, that's not in the first movie, I don't think. It's in the second movie, Is though. it in the first movie? No. I don't think he so. He has a normal chainsaw. Uh, but yeah, the belt sander is in every movie. Now, it, I will say... Different actor in the first film, just like Mary Beth. Um, <laughs> it's an electric belt sander. In this movie, it's very specifically a uh, gas-powered belt sander. Well, it's a gas-powered belt sander in the second one as well. Oh. Because I think they kind of had to realize that... It doesn't make sense for there to be a power cord? Y- yeah. Because mm-hmm. in the first one, I'm pretty sure it's just plugged into the swamp. And it <laughs> works. And, but it's awesome. Yeah. All right. Man, that belt sander's good. I appreciate it. Funny his character. But... <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. I... I really don't have much to say about this film. It continues the great practical effects stuff. Yeah. My my real big comment with this film is, like, for me, this franchise has... It's very interesting because with each movie, it's done something new. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first movie is, like, a shitty low-budget B-movie slasher. Like, yeah. That's kind of what it feels like and looks like and everything. The second movie is, like, a slasher sequel. Not, like, a direct sequel necessarily, but, like, a a mainline big series slasher sequel. So it's, like, over the top and also kind of goofy. Yeah. And it feels just a lot like what I'd expect that B-movie sequel to be. Like, it feels very much like a Friday the 13th and then a Friday the 13th Part 3 kind of situation. Okay. To me. And so I like that. It's its own kind of homage. And then this one, this one's like an action movie. Yeah. Which is, you know, very different. But there is a couple uh, horror franchises that do that, where it's like the first movie's pretty horror, and then a sequel's like, this one's an action movie. Yeah. And, you know, that's one of those things where it can either really work for you, or it can really not, depending on how well you like the first movie, versus how much you like kind of like that action movie setup. Mm -hmm. Personally, I have never been the 
biggest fan of like the action movie style horror films. Sure. Mostly because I think it gets rid of a lot of the traditional horror elements. That doesn't mean they're bad. Yeah. I mean, this one's good. And I think the main benefit of that style of movie is you get to have a bunch of people with guns getting killed in over-the-top ways. Yeah. And that's basically all this film is. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I I, I hadn't really... You huh? like that, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I like this one a lot. I think it might be my favorite one so far, but I think... You make a good point when you when you were talking about, like, eventually movies kind of become, or, like, sequels and horror franchises kind of become action movies. I hadn't even thought about that. No, like, not never all of them. Crossed my mind. Well, sometimes. It just depends. Yeah, there's, it's actually kind of rare. There's a few franchises I could name, except we haven't watched those franchises. Oh, I guess Aliens. Yeah, that's the big one. I Yeah. You're, you've seen Aliens? No, I've, but you're I've familiar seen with Alien, it? but I haven't seen Aliens. Yeah. We've talked about Aliens, and my dad loves Aliens. So Aliens is the, is the action movie of that franchise. Yeah. At uh, least of the early franchise. I just thought about this. I would say it sort of reminds me of the Escalation. It's, it's not comparable at all for the first two films. But <laughs> hear me out. The, the Dead franchise? Yeah, because Day of the Dead essentially becomes an action movie at one point. It has that like 80s action movie feel, you know what I mean? When they're just mowing down motherfuckers. Yeah, but that's probably the worst part of that movie. It's but pretty that's rad. One but of my favorite yeah. parts of that film. Yeah, but Bob, we have bad taste sometimes. <laughs> that's fine. I don't care. But what I was gonna say is that might be why I like this one so much, is just because like and honestly, I've never found Victor Crowley to be scary. So the fact that they pivoted to action movie didn't affect the scare level for me at all. It just made it more cool. Yeah, because I mean you're just getting the kills. Like, yeah, which want. is what I want from this kind of movie because I'm not going into Hatchet going, ooh, I want to be afraid. It's like, no, I want to see people get eviscerated in the most absurd ways. That's fair. Which I think this film delivers on very well. And I mean, that's the obviously that's the best part of this film. It's been the best part of the whole franchise. It's just mm-hmm. the gore and the kills. Obviously, like I said, the whole no CGI rule is great. Yeah. They do use computer touch-up, but that's usually to remove like wires and stuff. Overall, it's all practical effects. Doesn't always look realistic. No. I mean, there's a couple scenes where it's very clearly like they shoved a garden hose in something and shot out blood through the shower like head setting. But yeah, it's it's fun. But it's awesome. And I mean, like I said, there's not a whole lot of plot here. It's all just like killing, which I think that's fine because that's what you're going in for, especially with the third film in this franchise. Oh, yeah. You don't expect any setup. They we- they even make a joke of skipping the <laughs> explanation of the background. Like yeah. a guy starts it and then gets cut off because it's like we've heard this three times. Yeah, but I mean, like, going into the third the third movie in a slasher franchise, it's like, we know the backstory. We saw it. You know what I mean? Like, we don't need this stuff explained again. Well, it's more like we don't care anymore. Well, I mean, I cared a little bit. Do you care to hear it for the third time? I didn't even want to hear it a third time. Oh, okay, but, yeah. I, but because I had the background knowledge, they made nods to it and stuff that I was fine with. No, you know that's I mean? fair. Um, and that's kind of like a strong thing this movie does. Is it does make, because the world's so small, mostly because there's not a lot of plot in these movies, they do make references to stuff like in the past. Yeah. One of the the coolest nods, and I think you caught on to it. Well, first of all, they mentioned Bayou Beavers in this movie. So Bayou yeah. Beavers has been mentioned in all three films. All three films. Uh, which is great because it's it was set up in the first movie as this really, really shitty, like, it's a bad potentially dish. even fake yeah. porn website. But apparently, by the third one, it's, it's very well it's very well known. Anyways, points aside, there's a really funny joke, and you picked up on it because you saw the the drunk guy in the jail cell, and you oh, were like, yeah. "Isn't that the guy vomiting on the steps in Hatchet Two? 
Yep. And yeah, so there's a guy in Hatchet 2 who throws up right at the beginning of the non-cold open beginning of the film, right? Mm-hmm. And he's the same guy in the jail cell in this movie. Yeah. He's also one of Ben and Marcus's friends in the first, first movie. movie. That's what I they thought. Split off. That's yeah. what I thought. That's Adam Green. Oh. <laughs> That's so fucking funny. Yeah, he's been in all three films. That's funny. I just, I appreciate all the, because because there's not a lot of plot to these films, and you're just watching Victor Crowley annihilate people, I appreciate the fact that they make a bunch of funny jokes and then bring the jokes back and reference them in the future movies. Yeah, and they stand out. Yeah. I mean, like, I wasn't expecting to see the belt sander for the third time. No! What? They brought back the six-foot-long chainsaw? Come on. Yeah. Like, that, I thought that was just a bit for one movie, but no. no. He has it's that. It's just in the woods now. He has that, and it's there. You do have to be careful of like where you put that thing, though. No, don't, don't trip, trip and fall onto it. God damn, that hurt. Yeah. With all that being said, oh, before I get to the bad stuff. Oh, there's bad stuff. Okay. Yeah, there I'm is curious about stuff. your bad stuff. Uh, Sid Haig is in this, guys. Yeah, good cameo. Great cameo. I didn't mention it to Bob off the bat because it was kind of a surprise for him. Yeah. Once I again, <laughs> he plays classic Sid Haig character of just crazy just old man. Crazy old man who is just the worst. Like he's. Racist? He's racist. There's definitely an implication that he's a pedophile. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's also homophobic. Oh, he's also homophobic, but, you know. it's He's look, also deaf. He's deaf. Or which, he's just... I didn't even think... He, there's a racist joke where uh, he's talking to a black cop, and he's like... <laughs> first of all, he implies that he just stole a police badge. Yeah. Which I'm pretty sure the police badge in this movie had a, a pig on it. I didn't see that. But the whole every time his name's Elliot. Every time Elliot talks, because like the first thing Sid Haig says to him, besides a racist comment, is like, "I can't understand you people." And so after that, every time Elliot talks, he goes, "What? Speak up!" <laughs> Sid Haig plays it so well that I don't think the character's being racist there. I, I think know. he actually can't hear him. Yeah, because when uh, Amanda talks, he also can't hear her. Yeah, this movie has a lot of very funny. I don't want to say racist, but, like, characters do things that can be seen as racist, but they're not, and they, it's so fucking they funny. They have a couple good jokes poking fun at, like, racist characters. Yeah. All right. Very good. All that stuff aside, let's get to some of the bad stuff. I, I don't mean bad stuff, but, like, the weaker parts of this movie. Sure. Right? Straight off the bat, though, probably the weakest part of this film is the dialogue and some of the acting between characters. It's pretty flat at times. Yeah. There are some high points. But there's a good amount of characters where I was like, not it wasn't like cringy bad. But there are so many. But it was just like, ooh. There are so many characters in this film, though, where it's like, their dialogue doesn't need to be good because they're going to die in the first 15 seconds you see them. No, but like some of the ones who didn't die in the first 15 seconds, I was like kind of, ah. This who? Great. Because I'm curious because I didn't think anything was atrocious. No, I nothing was atrocious. Uh, but I do think this probably had the worst dialogue of the franchise so far. Really? Yeah. Mm. Maybe I was too busy laughing. You were. That's and I fair. think also appreciating the the just started blasting. <laughs> it's awesome. But yeah, just some of the dialogue isn't great. And I, I think it's some of the writing, like it's not bad writing, but we don't get the same quality of jokes and stuff between characters and dialogue a lot of the times in a comparable way to like the first film. Yeah, I mean, I don't think any of them has been nearly as funny as the first one. Well, no, the second one was pretty good, dialogue-wise. Well, funny. Like, straight up just, like, made me laugh funny. Oh, fair enough. 
The first one's by far the funniest. I think the second one isn't as funny, but it's made up for by the fact that it's like... A better movie. A better movie, yeah. yeah. Anyways, I, I don't think some of the dialogue's as good as the last films, just because I don't think it's as creative. It's not like clunky. It's just like not up to that same level. I guess I know what you mean. Like it's sort of predictable. Like you know each character and what they're going to say and when they're going to say it and shit like that. Yeah, and it just felt like... That's fair. Normally, I, maybe it wouldn't be that big of a deal, but I've seen two films, and it's been mm-hmm. notable in, like, a decent way. That's and fair. And so to see, like, the decline in that wasn't great. And then that compounded with some of, the, like, the acting wasn't always the best. Yeah, some of the uh, some of the side characters don't do a very good job. <laughs> I think just really uh, had a, a negative effect on that aspect. That's fair. Next thing, there's so many characters that you don't really care about a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, like, at all. The the dialogue stuff doesn't help, mm-hmm. once again. I think that's, again, why it sticks out as an issue. Because there's, like, I didn't get to spend enough time with them as characters that care about them. Mm-hmm. And then to have fun with their eccentricities. There's, I think, out of all the cops and SWAT team guys, there's maybe five that are, like, identifiable. Yeah. One of them's the Jason actor. Yeah. Like, the main sheriff. His deputy. His... I'm not mentioning Elliot right now. Oh, okay. No, there's the guy who's, like, stacked. What is his name? I genuinely don't remember. I want to call him Schroeder. It's, yeah, it's, it's something like Schrodinger. But I want to call him Schrodinger, like the cat. But, <laughs> or, the, you know, the scientist. But it's, like, Schroeder or something. It's it's Schroeder. It's longer than Schrodinger. It's, like, Schrodinger. Bald guy who's the Jason actor. Schroeder. The sheriff. The lady. The lady who was the the young Crowley actor. Yeah. And who was married to the director at the time. And then one of the paramedics. Yeah. Randy. <laughs> Not Randy, but yeah. I do like Randy, though. <laughs> Randy's a funny character. He might spend most of the movie as a corpse, but he's fun. He's fun, yeah. You know what's bad when we're talking about uh, identifiable characters and we can't remember three of their names? <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, like, I didn't really care about most of them. And yeah. And that's hard. And I, I do think that is a thing that happens with late slashers once you start introducing all these bodies. Yeah. Is characters start to, like, blend together. That's fair. But once again, even though in the first movie we have a lot of bodies, and the second movie we have a lot of bodies, they were more fleshed out. Mm-hmm. I think the only characters that were, like, didn't necessarily like all of them, but were very identifiable, was the group of three in the B-plot, mm. which was uh, Amanda, who is the sheriff's ex-wife. Yeah. Who I assume are recently split, it seems like. Yeah, because they talk about, like, a cat or something, or a dog it's or a dog, something. Other. But yeah. they, they keep doing a joke where they say wife and then ex-wife or, like, yeah. husband, ex-husband. The sheriff's deputy, which is Elliot, who we've talked about already. And then Mary Beth, who's barely in this movie. Yeah. Because she's in this, like, B-plot with Amanda and Elliot, where they're basically going around to... um. A, get to Honey Island Swamp yeah, because they're not there the whole movie. No. But also, spoilers for like the B-plot, they're trying to find Thomas Crowley, so Victor Crowley's dad's ashes, mm-hmm. so that Mary Beth can give them back Yeah, to Victor Crowley to like supposedly kill him. Because Amanda's like a reporter who's been researching Victor Crowley thing for a while. But yeah, that's the whole B-plot. And it's, it's probably the most interesting part of the film. I like it a lot, actually. But- Mostly because I think... It lacks all the dialogue problems that the rest of the film has. Exactly. Like, it's the most interesting and fleshed out characters for the most part. Mm-hmm. It has some of the best jokes. Oh, it's so funny, dude. And overall, it's great. The only thing it's missing is, like, essentially kills, right? Yeah. 
But it's very frustrating because that is a small part of the film. Mm-hmm. Additionally, that's where Mary Beth is. The main character. Essentially the main character of this whole franchise, besides Victor Crowley. Like, she's the, the, the final girl. Yeah. The same way that um, Laurie Strode is. Yeah. And, like, Halloween. And so the fact that she's essentially not in most of this movie is kind of it frustrating. Sucks. It's like, why did you bring her back if you're just going to put her in a car with these people? Not that it's bad, because I liked it. Not that it's bad. I liked all those scenes, and I mm-hmm. think it's a good way to have, like, the best of both worlds of, like, just bodies, bodies, bodies dying, and then also some, like, good character moments. It's just frustrating that there's so little of that. Yeah. Now, in a logistical defense of this decision, too, I will say that it does logistically make sense for Mary Beth to not be in the action for the third time. Because I'm pretty sure at this point she's been up for, like, at least 48 hours. I hadn't thought about that. I It might be more because she might have been up before the tour in the first movie worrying yeah. about her dad. But she could have taken a nap between brother. Reverend Z- going to Reverend Zombie. I don't think she did. <laughs> uh, oh, no, she didn't because she had to go get her uncle. Yep. She, like, took a shower. Yeah. And then went and got Bob. So she must be running on fumes. She's been in shock. She's oh fought Crowley multiple times. Like fist fought Victor Crowley multiple times. Yeah. Jesus Christ! Wild. What a wild. Da- what a wild, wild two days. It really is a wild like three days for her. But yeah, holy shit! Imagine meeting so many people just to watch them die within moments. Well, I know Ben. Ben. <laughs> Marcus. <laughs> oh my God! All right, I think that's all I really gotta say. Yeah, I don't know really know if there's anything else I really want to talk about in this film. We can mention the ending if you want. It's going to be pretty heavy spoilers. I don't know if there's a reason to. Unless it's something specific about the ending you want to talk about, because I don't really think there is. I think I kind of just want to leave it up. Because, like, I'm going to be honest. If you've made it to listening to our Hatchet 3 episode, if you watch, watch these movies, go watch Hatchet 1, 2, and 3 back you to might back like to back. If hopefully you like them. Hopefully you like them. But if you're into slashers at all. And practical effects. And practical effects. It's just a good a good watch. Yeah. I mean, that's who it's made for. Yeah. All right, so we, we won't spoil the ending, though. Uh, what I will say, I think it might be my favorite ending out of all the films. Yeah. No, it's good. It's it's good. Both with, like, the effects at the very end mm-hmm. and also, like, the note we leave off on. Yeah. I think that's great. Oh, there's one thing, actually. What? I, I keep forget. I said it during the movie. This might be the most well shot of the three films. Oh, yeah. Personally. Like, I enjoy a lot, because I think they do a lot more with, like, because they have so many people, there are so many different, like, angles and lighting effects they can use to accentuate different parts of the film. And because there's, like, so many different, I would say, like, this is the most creative they get with the scenery. Like, you go to a lot of different places in the swamp this time. It's not just, like, in Victor Crowley's house or random bush place. There are a couple of different places they travel to. I don't know. I just think this might be the most, this is probably the most well shot, cinematography-wise, of the films. I think that's fair. I do think there's maybe two main reasons for that. Hey, different director. That's uh, fair. Who also used to be a cameraman on the last film. That is true. So that might I I didn't look too much at like his cinematography stuff, but he might have just that might have been his thing before mm-hmm. doing this. Yeah. But the big thing I do want to mention though is that this film is going for a very different aesthetic. I think. Yeah. Than the first two films. The first film is obviously that B movie slasher thing. Mm-hmm. And the second movie is kind of like a transitionary film between like a normal kind of like mainstream kind of film and that crappy B movie aesthetic. And you can really see that in some of the cinematography. For instance, there's still that weird black and white thing going on with some of the like bushes and stuff. Yeah. Uh, that this film's lacks. Like that lack of saturation, whatever. And so I think 
it's just a good transition to this film, which is like shot like a normal film. Yeah. And that's why I think it looks probably the best. Yeah. Oh, something else we haven't talked about. This, the Victor Crowley looks a little different in this, only yeah. slightly. Uh, he's looked different in every film. Yeah. Slightly. But that's a pretty classic thing with slash mm-hmm. films because usually it's people doing makeup a little bit differently every time. This one looks the most normal, I yeah. guess would be the word. I think this is the best he looks, personally. But yeah, I, I do think this one might be the best he looks, in part because he just looks like, for the most part, like pretty human. Yeah. Um, just with like a slash mark down his face. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it allows for a lot more, like I'd say, expression stuff. Which I love. And I think that's mostly just probably because Kane Hodder's wearing less prosthetics on his face. Yeah. So, you know, that's great. Uh, he's also just straight up a bear in this film. <laughs> he just makes bear noises, and it's kind of awesome. It's like Grizzly Bear. Yeah. I don't know. I just really enjoyed getting to see uh, more expression from Victor Crowley himself. Not because, like, he wasn't expressive in the last two movies, but in this one you get a lot more, I don't, not to say range of emotion, out of a maniac axe murder man, but you do, and it's nice yeah. to see. It's nice to see, especially because, like, at its heart, Victor Crowley is, yeah, he's a he's a slasher killer guy. But, but he's, he's also pretty sympathetic, I guess. Yeah. Like, he's essentially cursed to live the night of his death over and over and over again. It's mm-hmm. not great. So, you know, he is really a, a villain you can take advantage of showing, like, range of emotion. Yeah. Which okay. I think they do the best job with in this film. Oh, yeah. Okay. You ready to just recommend? Yeah. Right. Go ahead. He did a lot better than I did. Recommendations. If you've seen the first two, watch the third one. I think it's it picks up right where two left off. I think that's cool. If you want to finish it out, you know, watch one, two, and three back to back to back. I think I actually think that's because these aren't like super long films. They're like an hour twenty ish no, a piece. You can make a good day of the first three films. Yeah, and it's a pretty good like back to back to back film experience. If you're into practicals, once again, really good practical stuff. Lots of good blood and guts. I don't know if it's the best one for Blood and Guts, but it's definitely it's definitely still great. I don't really know where I would rank it. Yeah, that's kind of a debate because there's more in this film. Yeah, there's a lot more, but... Also, we watched a rated R copy. I'm not sure if there's an unrated for this one. Oh, if there's an unrated for this one, I'd want to watch it. Assumedly, it's probably the director's cut. Yeah. It's probably only on Blu-ray. Once again, we streamed this for free on Amazon, which is pretty mm-hmm. great. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah, so that, that, that... If you like Kane Hodder, he does a good job. He always does a good job. I haven't seen... The only Ken Hart films I've seen are these three. You know, Hatchet 1, 2, and 3, I think. And he he's great. Hatchet I love one. him. Huh? Hatchet 1? Shut up. Um, let me see. If you like Daniel Harris, she's in this film. I think she does a good job again. Don't get to see much of her. Don't get to see much of her, but, but the she scenes gives, she's in are good. Yeah, she gives more of an emotional range in this mm-hmm. film than the last film. Which I like. Uh, if you want to see Jason on Jason Violence... There is a yeah. Jason actor in this, All and right. he fights Leatherface, and it's awesome. Not Leatherface, Jesus Christ. That was the last movie. Victor Crowley. That was yeah, the last no, movie. No, we get to see Jason on Jason in this film. Yeah. We also get to see Victor Crowley on Victor Crowley in this film. Oh, yeah! <laughs> yeah. Kind of funny joke. It is a funny joke. But, yeah, so if you, like, want to see horror cameos, I mean, Sid Haig... Yeah, there's plenty of horror cameos in this film. Which they've done in all three films, I think, which is yeah, pretty fun. This one, because it's the third film goes hard on cameo stuff. Yeah, which is nice. I enjoy that stuff. Belt Sander. Belt Sander, Sid Haig. It's great. I think that's it. I don't really know if I have any more. Okay, lots of the same ones with Bob. Like, it's the third film of the trilogy, cameo stuff. Uh, if you're a fan of practical effects, that's a really good one in this film. You know, 
basically all the same stuff as always. The big one I I, w- I want to mention that I don't think he mentioned is if you're a fan of like pure action movies, kind of yeah. in the horror genre or like horror adjacent action movies like Aliens, you're probably gonna like this because it just has that similar feel of a bunch of guys going in with guns and then getting murdered, and you get to see the after effects. So yeah, check it out if that sounds good to you. All right, Bob, give it a rating. Okay. Since we recorded these so close together and we I we listed all the scores, I'm just going to list off what I gave all the other films real quick. I gave Hatchet a three. Hatchet two a three and a half. I gave this one a four. I like this one more than the other two, mostly because I'm just uh, I'm just a slut for some good like action movie shit, and this does it so well, and it's so fun. Like I just love watching a bunch of dudes with guns unload into a giant man, him not die, and then they all get ripped apart. That's like my favorite genre of film, I think. Fair enough. I mean, like that's... I enjoy it so much. And while I do agree that some of the side character dialogue and other BS isn't amazing, and it's the acting isn't amazing, I don't really care that much because I'm. It's the third movie in a slasher franchise. I'm not going in expecting that stuff to be good. I'm going in expecting to see some blood, guts, and gore, and I get that. And then I think this made up for the fact that the B plot has good acting, and the B plot has you know. Funny jokes and is entertaining and has a good cameo. So, yeah, I, I really like this movie. It might be my favorite out of the three. Okay. Well, I mean, look, <laughs> definitely don't necessarily agree with Bob. That's fine. And, you know, my ratings for the series have been all over the place. That's true. Uh, but I'm going to rate this one a three and a half. Okay. What what I will say, because I, I have an interesting reason for rating it this way, because I think this overall, this movie's a solid three just it's all around it's okay it meets expectations i mean it's a a bunch of guys go into the swamp and get murdered that's about it (laughs) not a lot of plot and a lot of stuff like that and it's it's very much kind of like a what you see is what you get like bob you even said it's what you expect from like a late not late series but like a third movie in a slasher series yeah and so i i do think it really meets expectations the only thing that's giving it a half point and getting it to that 3.5 is gore effects Mm -hmm. they're all practical they're great i do have to give a shout out there some of the cameos and just jokes, and then the B-plot, which is overall, I think, pretty decent. Uh, it's just sad that we don't get more of it. Yeah. Um, so I think it's a solid 3.5. For anyone who doesn't remember, I rated the first film a 1.5, <laughs> and the second film a 4. Yeah. Whoa. Now, as confusing as this is going to be, my f- like favorite to least favorite is first film, second yeah. film, third film. <laughs> yeah. I know that's out of rating order, but uh, I'll reiterate. I think the first film, as a movie, is like a 1.5. Might be <sighs> might be generous there. Yeah. It's not a good film, but if you enjoy it, it's really fun. In fact, I I think I'd have it for like a 4 for enjoyment for me personally. Yeah. Because I like the style it's going for. The second one, I think, is probably the best film overall, like just in cinematography and writing and all that stuff. Fair enough. Jokes, some cameos, interactions between characters, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then this third film, it's a better film than the first one. Yeah. But in a lot of ways, I also think it's kind of the weakest film, you know? Fair enough. In ways that the first and second film were strong. Mm-hmm. And I think that just comes down to it's a different kind of horror film. Yeah. It's an action horror film, and it's not like, it's not a cheesy B-slasher. It right. is kind of still, but not really. The only thing it really retains from that is the gross kills and the and the crazy maniac killer. Yeah. Okay. Well, go to outtakes. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll see you guys in a minute. Hello, 
everybody, welcome to the outtake section for this episode of Beware the Board. I hope you're enjoying our view of Hatchet 3 so far. I really like this film. I think it's super fun, super gross, super bloody. But if you do not want any spoilers from this outtake section, please skip to 48 minutes and 26 seconds immediately. This first clip is exactly why you should watch where you're walking in Honey Island Swamp. That's a super long chainsaw. I think it's the stupid long chainsaw from before. All right. Oh my god, is his face still caved in? Holy shit. Oh. She's literally fisting his face. Oh. You gotta be careful where you're falling. Yeah, onto the uber long chainsaw. That I shit you not, that chainsaw's like four feet wide. Or four feet long. <laughs> four now feet she's wide. Getting, yeah, four feet wide. Getting, she's getting covered in viscera. Okay, if he wasn't dead before, now he's definitely fucking dead. Well, until you look away. Yeah. He respawns. He'll get back up. This next clip is my reaction to the best cameo in this entire film. <laughs> what is he doing here? What is he doing here? He can't be. He he has to stop. This next clip is our reaction to Victor Crowley finally respawning for the night. Oh my god, he's getting his fucking face defibrillated. That was cool. <laughs> he just got his shit popped. That was incredible. I guess Victor Crowley's Dr. Pimple Popper now. Oh. This next clip is our reaction to Victor Crowley just annihilating some people. Oh, oh my god. That guy's getting fucked up. Aren't they all out of bullets? I mean, they can reload. They're gonna. Tr they're just going to beat him up? These people are just trying to beat up Victor Crowley and it's not help working at all. It could work. Nope. See, look, Kane Hodder is just too strong. Oh my god, no. Oh! That was such a good rip it. Oh, decapitation! Ripping half into decapitation? His leg's gone. T just made that guy do a whole flip! That was cool. Good face stomp. Man, this, you know what? This might be my favorite one. This next clip is my reaction to seeing Sid Haig appear in this film. Who? No. Is that who I think it is? <laughs> oh my god, he's in this movie. Surprise. <laughs> you want to know something? Before he even spoke, I saw the outline and went, no way, that's him. The bald man with the mustache. This next clip is our reaction to Victor Crowley using his iconic weapon. And no, I'm not talking about the hatchet. Oh, come on. Bye, Lewis. Oh, his face is getting belt sanded. That's awesome. Three for three. Three for three with the belt sander. He doesn't miss with it, bro. It's also just fucking awesome. So we don't get to see it this time. Yeah, but we get to... But he belt sanded it down to a jaw. That's awesome. 
This next clip is our reaction to what happens to Victor Crowley at the end of this film. Oh, good melt. Really good melting on Victor Crowley there. Yeah, I enjoy a good melt, too. What do you like on your melt? The fuck are you, what are you talking about? You know, like a melt, like a sandwich? Shut up. Talk about the melted Victor Crowley. This next clip is our reaction to the fact that one of these characters actually survived the film. Oh my god, he lived! <laughs> That's crazy that he's alive right now. Did you forget? I had forgotten that he existed. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. <laughs> oh, my God. You guys stop doing that. That stresses me out. I know. I hope you enjoyed the outtakes. There are quite a few. A lot of us, um, <laughs> oohing and on at some gross shit in this movie. You know what I'm surprised about? I didn't think about this. I didn't even tr attempt to throw up this film. Yeah, I was good. Did. I was pretty You're clean. Good. I thought you were going to get it uh, during one scene where that woman. Oh, that of, was bad. Yeah. That was bad. But it was like, it wasn't on. Where she just kind of. Out. Yeah. yeah, that was gross. But I, I just, mean, you, you did a not a gag but a groan, and I thought <laughs> you were gonna get close. No, I was clean. This movie. All right, we don't have many announcements. The only one, Victor Crowley's coming out Wednesday. Yeah. So yeah, you know, you can be here for that, or maybe not. Maybe I'm excited for that one. Where you want to stop listening to this series? Look, if if this series keeps on track, I'm gonna like that one the best. We'll see. Aside from that, you know, check us out wherever you. You get your podcasts. You're already listening to us there, assumedly. Uh, but, you know, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, other places. Uh, we're also on YouTube. Uh, if you want to listen to us there for some reason, it is a good place to, like, show us some love because we can see your subscribes and, like, your likes. Uh, it's also one of the two places uh, for communication because, like, the comment section. The other one's Twitter. Please let us know who your favorite cameo is in this film. <laughs> Assumedly, it's the belt sander, right? I mean, the belt sander is my favorite. Obviously. Obviously. No other interesting ones at all. Nope. Yeah, like Ben said, you can communicate with us on Twitter, at Beware the Board. On Mondays, I post a spoiler post for that week's episode, which is basically a hidden movie cover that you can reveal so you can see what movie it is and then watch it before we do on the show so you don't get any spoilers when we talk about it on the episode. And so when we're being really vague about stuff or like beating around the bush, you kind of have a general sense of what we're talking about when we're discussing the movie. Then, on Friday or whatever the episode goes live, we post a link to the episode on our Twitter account. So if you're missing an upload or wondering when something went up, it's all on our Twitter. Last thing, if you're into short-form content and like the show, check us out on TikTok, Apple with the Board, and also YouTube Shorts. I've been posting new shorts. Actually, as of recording this today, I sent Ben two, and I've already uploaded them. They're already up. So yeah, I'm doing a lot more short-form content lately. I'm going back through and rescrubbing old episodes for new content. Basically, if you're into short-form content and want new stuff from the show that's never been seen before, check us out on TikTok and YouTube Shorts. I think that's it. Okay. Yeah. Well, see you next time. Yeah, we'll uh, see you guys next time. <laughs>